Welcome to State House Soundbites, WITF's Pennsylvania Politics Podcast. I'm Katie Meyer, State Capitol Bureau Chief for WITF. You can hear my reports on public radio stations across the state. We're in Little Amps. We started a little bit late because there was a fire drill and I got stuck outside without my stuff. But we're here now. It's around 1130. Uh, and I'm with Chris Komisak of Capital Wire. Thanks for coming, Chris. Thank you for having me. And I'm with John Bayer, who is a columnist for which publications? The Philadelphia Daily <laughs> News, the Philadelphia Inquirer, and the omnipresent Philly.com. Ah, yes. All right. So um, we have a bunch to talk about today because... <laughs> They did a, a lot, lot happened this week. A yeah. lot happened this week. We weren't necessarily expecting it nope. to, but they did. Not they, on Monday. Nope. But they did it, um, for better or worse. So um, we have a revenue package that's coming together. The House passed most of the components for that package over to the Senate, but on Tuesday. Yeah. And then, well, they already had it. Right. And then, <laughs> so it's very similar to the things that we've been hearing before, except for the notable distinction that there's no recurring revenue, really, in Beyond this Beyond the thing. gambling stuff, yeah. Yeah, so. Oh, and a, a small change in the uh, sales tax, how it applies to third-party vendors on a marketplace like eBay, blah, blah, well, blah. Well, and fireworks. And fireworks. Expansion of sales fireworks. Fireworks. Three million yeah. from fireworks. Yeah. yeah. So some great stuff in there. Um, but, yeah, so there's very little recurring revenue. So, Chris, so what are the elements that are in this thing, first of all, if people haven't been paying attention? Well, on Tuesday, the biggest element was the tax code bill. Uh, about two weeks ago, there was a massive meltdown in the state capitol because there was supposed to be more recurring revenue in this tax code bill and just couldn't find the votes for it. So what came out on Tuesday was a lot like what they had about two weeks ago minus this recurring revenue source to be named later. So it's mostly borrowing. $1.5 billion. $1.5 billion against the Tobacco Settlement Fund's uh, line of stream of uh, income. Right, and that's going to be paid back over 20 years with at interest, <laughs> at least 20 years. And uh, how no much? No more than 30. Yeah, how much interest do you think we're going to be paying on that? Something around 200 million dollars. I think. Uh, I saw yeah, that. it could be between two and three. Who yeah. knows? Uh, so it's, that's a lot of money. That's if we don't get another downgrade like <laughs> right. the one we got last month. Yeah. Which, honestly, if we're borrowing for 20 years against this stream, it, 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 I mean, it seems likely that we might get another downgrade because credit rating agencies hate it when you yeah. do that. Yeah, that's, I, I always thought that the downgrade was going to happen because this idea of borrowing against the tobacco settlement fund has been around now for several months. Several months, yeah. And this was one of the before things. before the last credit downgrade was, was in September. Yeah. So uh, so there's that. That's the biggest component of filling this $2.2 billion gap. What right. else is in there? Well, in the tax code bill, it was just those smaller taxes that we were talking about. Um, the rest of the package, the revenue package, is going to be in mostly other bills. There's um, $300 million in uh, these state funds that are out separate from the budget. Uh, that has to be in a fiscal code bill that the Senate has. Uh, there's $265 million in gambling, which I'm sure we'll get to at some point <laughs> because there's some people who don't think there's $265 million in gambling to be had. Yeah. Um, there's a $200 million. If $1.5 billion wasn't enough in borrowing, there's another $200 million in borrowing, although it, technically not borrowing. They're just going to take it right. from uh an organization that was created by the legislature to provide insurance for uh, medical practitioners. And now this is the Joint Underwriters Association, I believe is the name of it. Yes. And uh, they've previously sued the state so they can keep that money. They don't want to give it up. They yeah. say they're not obligated to give it up. 
Yeah. The state's going to take the money one yeah, way Yeah, this time they're just going to decide to liquidate the, uh, the entire organization and don't want the money to be just sitting there. Yeah. We don't know that for sure yet, but that, that seems like it's going to be... It seems to be what they're planning on doing, yes. Yeah. All right. So that's the other $200 million, and then we've got some fund transfers. Yeah, 300, yeah the $300 million in fund transfers. Um, thinking that's that's pretty much that's it. the big stuff yeah big and then stuff. as you mentioned before those minor taxes on uh, online sales and fireworks oh oh there's also a maximization of taxes uh, that i don't know what that means it just means yeah. that the revenue department does a better job of doing what it already does so <laughs> it seems like a real indeterminate way to get money but it's in there it's budgeted for um so yeah and so this they they're pitching this plan as something that can help us this year and next year obviously you know there's not a lot of real revenue in there and there's uh part of the reason that it's able to like cover next year at all is that they're going to be delaying payments on those uh loans against the tobacco fund for two years right. um right so a lot of interesting budgeting going on here um, you know, John, does anyone like this plan? I can't imagine that anyone <laughs> likes this plan other than that little cadre of uh, conservative, fiscally conservative Republicans in the House, uh, led, of course, by the House Speaker, uh, Mike Terzai. And, I mean, what, you know, what you've got is basically a matchstick structure that could get lit up by litigation. I mean, the $300 million funds transferred out of in some in some instances, statutorily designated money for environmental protection, for transportation, I don't think that's going to go gently. I mean, I think that interest groups, advocacy groups, local governments uh, might take deep exception to just taking what, what just I have heard about that money. money. There's an interesting twist. I don't know if this is what's actually going to happen, but I had heard part of the deal was they were going to let the three hundred million dollars in transfers up to the government. <laughs> yes, I, had heard that. I hadn't heard that in any official capacity. I, I haven't heard that in any official capacity. I heard that as a rumor. Let him that, pick him. What was it? Let him pick which. Yes, yes. So it's his fault. So it's his fault. <laughs> I don't know why anybody would agree to that, but so, you know, maybe. Well, so that his name would be at the top of the lawsuit, as, a, as a, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep, that's why. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Very nice. Well, and the, and the other thing. Giving the governor thing, a choice. Uh, sure, yeah. And, I mean, he is the governor. Right. Um, and the other thing, I mean, speaking of the governor, I mean, the, the one consistent thing that he has insisted upon in each budget is continuing revenue, sustainable revenue, new revenue, rather than continue down the path that we've gone year after year after year, borrow, 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 transfer, transfer, transfer. And it's not there. I can't imagine he's going to like this. No, well, and that kind of brings us to, we said nobody likes this plan. The people who suggested this plan say they don't like this plan. Um, You know, House Majority Leader Dave Reed came out, and when he was explaining this plan, he said, look, it's not ideal. That's been sort of his catchphrase lately. Um, Seems to be the catchphrase with all these plans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's Recall not ideal, hearing that in July too, when the Senate passed theirs. <laughs> yeah, and so then you know they passed it though. They passed most of it, not the gambling yet, which we'll get into. But uh, you know, but then we had um, Senate Majority Leader Jake Corman come out and give a little press conference, and he basically said, "We're considering this. We hate it, and we have real concerns about what it's going to do to the state. But we're giving it a real." shot. And what he said basically was, you know, we have to be done. Just do it. We just have to be Stanky. done with this. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that was honestly a really telling statement. Oh, I yeah. Mean, it, it just seemed like, I said earlier in the week, the key word for the week is resignation. Yeah. We are resigned to the fact that this is the... Yeah, it sounds like this is the best we're going to get out yeah. of the House, and so we might as well take a very serious look at doing it. Then the question becomes, 
what does the governor do? Does the governor veto this? And if he does, are there enough votes in, in both chambers to override? Right. And, I mean, that's a really interesting ask because this is a plan that already lots of people don't like. You mentioned conservative Republicans being for it, but, I mean, even they don't like the idea of no, borrowing. They, they, they like really borrowing. hate the borrowing thing. Yeah, yeah. but they but, like the borrowing more than, I guess, they like a severance tax. Yes. Although, although and I, I may have mentioned this before on an, on an earlier podcast, Katie, but the one thing that uh, strikes me is that when I ask Republicans in the House, why would you go along with borrowing? It's so antithetical to what Republicans want to do on a fiscal basis. And a, a prominent member of the House said, look, you need to understand that there is in that caucus a big chunk of people that never want to borrow anything, so they don't care about bond ratings. The bond ratings go down fine for them. Yeah, because it means you ne- can't borrow as much. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, my God. So we're going to do this borrow so we can't borrow more in right. the future? Right. That's an interesting logic jump that they're making. Um, John, I want to ask you, because you've seen lots of budget processes. Have you seen any process where everybody's so resigned to a plan they hate before? No, I mean, ultimately in the past, people do get worn down, but they get worn down with something that, you know, is what the state wants and needs. This is, this is an erosion into nothing. I mean, this is, this is a budget that nobody's going to like, nobody's going to want. And it's like saying, we can't govern, so we're going to do this. Uh, and good luck next year. I mean, what does this mean? Right. This, this was also the year when they were supposed to get things done. Right. Next year's an election year. Yeah. Uh, so. I think they're banking on state revenues coming in a lot better than they have in the well, past. Uh, maybe they're banking on the the Trump tax cuts yeah. spurring the economy, and all of a sudden we have it's, a, it's It's the same thing that they've been banking on for oh, the last 10, 15 yeah. years, right. you know, that the economy is going to continue to cruise along or get better, and that the uh, revenues will roll in better than they have the year before. And revenues are, to be fair, coming in a little bit better this year than they have in the past. Well, we're a quarter, you know, a quarter of the way through. We're not very far in. We're not very very far in, but things are better than they were last year. Right. Yeah. And so now I want to say, so we mentioned the Governor Wolf. We don't know what he's going to do yet. He hasn't said whether he supports this plan. He has said that he's reviewing it, plus he also prefers a severance tax, which brings us to the fact that a severance tax, after like literally years of trying, passed a House committee this week. The Senate had already passed a very small severance tax in their proposed plan, but the House just passed one, um, sponsored by Representative Gene DiGiralmo, moderate Republican. Uh, a lot of moderate Republicans supported this tax. Mostly all Democrats do. Um, it passed committee. Uh, he got six Republican votes for it in the Finance Committee, which was you know a different thing than they tried in the past, and it ended up working out. Uh, what's the future of this tax? I can't imagine. I to be can, determined. I, yeah, I, I mean, I th- it's got to be a bait and switch. It's got to be, okay, look, we will give you a floor vote. Mm. Uh, they haven't said they'll do that, though. That's yeah, the but, thing. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the, the, like I mean, the last linchpin it's, in the argument. It, it's is. on the calendar. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean much. Well, it means that people can at least start <laughs> drafting amendments to it. And I guarantee you there's going to be a lot of amendments oh. drafted to it. Yeah. And that... Just that alone could delay its consideration. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I do want to so, – I mean, when people vote on a severance tax, I think it's important to know that, like, they're not just voting on the severance tax. They're voting on, like, 20 different things that are always attached to a severance right. tax, right? And so, I mean, they had a lot of – they had that royalty portion of that. Right. What does that mean? Because that's always been something that's a little bit out of my Well, uh, several years ago, uh, there, was, there were concerns raised, valid ones, uh, that um, – some of the natural gas companies were 
charging the people from whose land they are extracting the gas certain extras that they weren't supposed to be deducting from the royalty fees that they pay those landowners. Um, lawmakers for several sessions now have been trying to fix that so that they can't pass along certain things, uh, reducing the royalty payments to the, to the landowners. That's in this legislation. And that's a real another hot-button It's thing. another hot-button issue. It, it, it's been talked about for several sessions and hasn't been resolved yet. Yeah. So now we've just added something more onto something that's been talked about for several sessions and hasn't been resolved yet. Yeah, and getting into what's in you know, Deidre Alamo's bill, it'd be basically an effectively 5% tax on the industry because uh, you know he, his tax is around 3 and then on top of the impact fee, which wouldn't be give, taken away, uh, it becomes 5 but it fluctuates with the price of gas. So, right, I mean, yeah, this the would impact be, fee fluctuates greatly with the price of gas. Yeah, and you know the severance tax would fluctuate less, but yes. it would still fluctuate. So, um, and just to make the distinction, because I think we've made this before, Impact fee is literally on the holes drilled in the ground. Yeah. Severance tax is on the volume of gas actually extracted from the ground after it's extracted. Right. So different you know, metrics, but uh, this would be an additional tax in the industry. Lots of people don't want that. Others say it's not going to affect the industry or drive them out. Others say it just sends a message that Pennsylvania is not going to be as friendly to businesses as we want. Yeah. So, And it's an odd time to do this because that message is what Republican candidates for governor are lining up behind saying that Pennsylvania cannot continue to single out industries and tax them and expect those industries to either come or remain uh, in Pennsylvania. You're seeing that argument with the soda tax in Philadelphia. Uh, You're seeing it with the the preposition that maybe we have a shot at getting Amazon headquarters too. Right. That Uh, little tax on the uh, the third-party marketplaces did not go over well because of the Amazon situation. Right. Right. So all of this is coming together at a time when there are some... You, you know, you're getting into a gubernatorial year, and you're going to have that argument over and over and over. Where does Pennsylvania want to be five years from now, ten years from now? Do we want to tax these industries away that would cost us jobs and, and weaken the economy further? And now, I, it should be said, when people say, oh, we could be driving industry out, Pennsylvania has a lot of natural gas, so it's unlikely that industry will leave. Well, they won't leave. They just won't pump the gas out of the ground. <laughs> right. Well, so there's, there's different... <laughs> There's lots of different perspectives on this, and there also is a perspective that I think doesn't get brought up a lot but should, is that, I mean, when you have a severance tax like this, and, you know, Senate Majority Leader Jay Corman, he said this, you know, a lot of Republicans need to have permitting changes if they're going to vote for it. And permitting changes, you know, they make it easier, basically, for industries to get environmental permits. Um, the one that the Senate passed basically would outsource this permitting responsibilities to private companies and allow them to do the permitting for the state. That was extremely controversial. It did pass, but Democrats in the House, uh, Greg Vitale, who's... Even, a, even some Republicans. And even some Republicans, yeah. Um, and I always think of Greg Vitale, who's one of the first people to like support a severance tax in the House. The Democrat, he's an environmentally minded Democrat. He said there is no way he will vote for this tax if it includes those permitting changes. Yeah. So that I mean, in a, I don't know how much, how many Democrats and Republicans feel the same way. So right. I don't know if if that were to add, be added to the bill at some point through the amendment process, if that would kill it. 
Well, and we already saw this um, when they were trying to debate a, a discharge resolution on the House floor. Right. You know, this wasn't even in the bill. It was so far away from the bill. They were voting on whether to vote for the bill. But people were still withholding votes because they assumed that down the line these changes would be added in, these permitting changes. So, I mean, this is a thing that's very almost inextricably tied with the severance tax. And, I mean, it's already going to be a close vote if it gets to the floor. So if you're losing Democrats because of that, it gets a lot harder. Plus, you have to remember, the bill still has to go to the Senate. This bill, yep, it still Jay has to Corman go to the Senate. Jake Corman basically said, without this, we're not voting it. Right. So the severance tax is something, and again, the governor has repeatedly said, I want the severance tax. This is the thing that I need in the budget. Yep. It was something he ran on, of course. Yep. Um, you know, it just becomes a, it's a very difficult thing to, it would take a long time, basically, to get a severance tax passed. Yeah, it won't happen this session. It seems that way. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it at this well, point. So, uh, so that's a component of this budget that uh, doesn't seem like it's going to get in there soon. And now I also want to talk about gaming, because that is a part of this budget. I mean, they've, you've seen them sort of resign themselves to voting for the borrowing, for the fund transfers. Now, gaming is something everybody has agreed for years that they yeah. want, but they haven't agreed on exactly yeah. what they want. And the amount of money that they expect to get from it keeps going up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Last year, as a reminder, we had $100 million of gaming revenue that was put into the budget. It never got passed. It obviously never came in. Now they want, what, $265 million? Yeah. That's what's in the House Even the budget. Senate it was somewhere around $200 million, so. yeah. Well, and they've always played around the edges with this. You may remember the uh, they put $12 million in for a new license for all the casinos to be able to sell right. liquor 24-7 because mm-hmm. who doesn't want to have people drinking around the clock while they're throwing dice around? It's great for the industry. Uh, great for the industry. So yeah. they put that in no, the budget. the industry basically told them no yeah, one's we- going to buy this. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody bought the license. Nobody bought it. But as you know, once you put that money on the books, yep. you can spend it. Um, yep. And that's what that's what we're doing with, with gaming. I mean, it, it is just a shell show. Yeah. And so, I mean, lots of controversies here. And obviously, as you said, the number keeps going up, and they don't know exactly where they can get that revenue to, like... We just know that it's not going to be from video gaming terminals. Well, right. And so that's what I want to talk about. The House has, for ages and ages, supported this idea of video gaming terminals, basically remote gambling things. Some of the House. Some of the House. Yeah, 40,000. <laughs> yes, 40,000 of them across the state. They've even put in, basically, bars and taverns, and you can... Gamble your heart away while you're in a bar that's nowhere close to a casino. Now, um, one of the arguments for these things is that it's already happening. It's just illegal. People are already doing it. And so, I mean, and that is true. It certainly does happen. Right. uh, We just don't know if it's to that extent. Yeah. So you guys, I mean, lay out this argument around BGTs that we've been having for months. It's basically, I mean, the Senate hates it. The House wants it. Well, the House wants it because the House the house is always closer to individual local constituencies because their districts are smaller. They have much more tactile contact with, with, with all kinds of constituencies. And so the argument in the House is, look, this is a small business and mom-and-pop savior. This will help every little community that, it, that doesn't have a casino, that doesn't have a chance to get revenue from that, as much revenue from that, this is their lifeline. So if you're a Republican who believes in proactive economies at the local level, you've got to support this. If you don't support this, you're not a true Republican. So that's kind of been the argument to let's help the little guys that we're, that we're all, particularly in rural areas in the middle of the state, let's help the little guys that we're all elected to serve. Yeah, plus the, the little guys, they feel like they got left out in the cold back when they legalized casino gaming. So 
some of them feel like they're owed this. Yeah, uh, but the Senate really doesn't want it. I mean, he, that was a very decisive statement from Jake Corman, I think, that we will not support video gaming terminals, right? Yeah, even the, even the truck stop proposal that got floated a couple weeks ago. Uh, I'm not sure how that would have really worked, but... Yeah, there was one that I thought was so funny. It was sort of like an oversight they did in the initial version of the House bill where they would have legalized these things in, like, nursing homes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they took that out because they were like, oh, that's silly. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so BGT's contentious thing, probably not going to happen. Uh, what else is, like, possible for this gaming money? Well, there's uh, the stuff that's been around... Uh, Online gambling. Yeah. Um, that was pretty much agreed to by everybody. Right, yeah. A lot of things tied to the current casino operations because they're very, they're hypersensitive about not messing around with the casinos too much because the, they rely a lot on the casinos operating. Yeah. Whatever, whatever happened to the mini casino things, the small That was still around. Yeah, casinos casinos and, uh, Senator Corman did say that that was still an idea that was being at least tangentially discussed. And what's the objection to legalizing sports gambling? Is it simply that the big casinos hate it? And, and, and well, I think, I think the primary thing is it's still illegal. You know, federal government still finds it illegal and doesn't allow it. In, in are there Michigan. no states that, have, other than Nevada, are there no states that allow it? I think it's Yeah, it's just Nevada. Uh, but that... I mean, to me, that would be an enormous and ongoing, sustainable piece that, of That revenue. could change. A lot I mean, of the federal government it. is still reviewing it. That's, yeah. that's a case that's being reviewed to, to determine whether or not... Uh, Maybe that's the hope for next year. Well, <laughs> there, have been, there have been pieces of legislation introduced that say we should do this, assuming the federal government allows us to do this. Yeah. And... Yeah, trying to create some framework that they can work off of in case that decision gets made at the federal level. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> I'm trying to think of like how we can even phrase this, but like, what are we expecting to see from this budget? I mean, what uh, what is this going to do to the state's finances if we pass this thing? Well, again, this is all it's all dependent upon whether or not the revenues from our current sources. Uh, come in as expected or a little bit better. It, there have been other budgets where they have made even wilder assumptions. Yeah. The last year's budget being one Which of them. Which clearly worked out so well. Yes, and everybody loved that one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think if, if the economy stays on its, the even keel that it's on right now, gets a little bit better, revenues keep coming in at or slightly above the projections, um, that covers up a myriad of sins in the budgeting process. Uh, and, you know, when you look at this one, the $200 million from the JUA, that could potentially be questioned in the courts. But, you know, the gambling stuff, even Jay Corman said, okay, if it's, if it's off by $60 million, that's not an awful lot in a $33 billion right. budget, yeah. which is where they'd be next year. Right. Um, it's so, just a question. I mean, like, they've always wanted recurring revenue in these budgets, yeah. and they're not going to have it. No. You know, I mean, even the gambling thing, you know, you usually would make less money the second year just because, like, licenses are one of the biggest Right. That was that was something that, that uh, Senator Corman also brought. I thought he was going to go one direction. He went another one. He said normal in his, his experience, uh, gambling bills don't normally avoid legal challenges. I thought he was going to go, gambling bills don't normally produce the revenues that we say they're going to produce. Yeah. Because we've had that problem in, in the course Many of several times, years. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, really, it's just kind of, 
So we're sort of at the mercy of the economy. Is that the upshot of this? Yep. Yeah. Same as it ever was. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so what are the big fights that we're going to see in the coming weeks? I mean, gambling is probably going to be one. Do we expect an extended standoff over that? Is there still room for this whole thing to break down again? Um, I I would think that... uh, I don't know how long that the state-related universities are oh, going right. to be uh, happy going without the money that they normally get from the state. Yeah. Uh, I know Senator Corman is very interested in getting that money. He makes it perfectly clear he's the senator from Penn State, yeah. but he cares about all the state-related. Yeah. And uh, $600 million that they don't have, and uh, until they get it, the House has made it perfectly clear they're not voting. Actually, that's something I wanted to bring up. I forgot about that. But the state-related universities are really kind of the only tangible, you know, impacted thing when you talk about this budget not being done because yeah. everything else is kind of getting paid for, whether or not we have the money. Yeah. Um, but the state-related, yeah, they can't pass that, basically. It's $600 million. It goes to Penn State, uh, University, University of Pittsburgh, Temple, and Lincoln Universities. And then and, the Penn Vet School. Penn Vet School. And, uh, yeah, and they can't pass that unless they have the money for it, budgeted, and they don't, obviously. So those... Those that money goes towards basically subsidizing, you know, tuition for in-state students. Yeah, right. yeah, that's a critically important uh, point because uh, I mean, w- when you look at trends in this state, um, we have already like the second highest public university cost in yeah. terms of tuition, and among the highest in terms of student debt. And we're talking about building uh, an economy of the future, and now we're putting at risk college students who can go to these universities uh, at, a, at, a, at a, what is basically a discounted rate. And so now the universities themselves are saying, look, if this isn't passed, we might even have to do mid-year tuition increases, which would be devastating yeah. to uh, you know, 130,000 students and families uh, across the state. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this thing ought to, ought to be at the top of the list to resolve. Uh, and it's still hanging out there. And I understand there's going to be a hearing Wednesday, next Wednesday, uh, to try to figure out how to deal with it. But somebody, and the governor should take a lead on this, somebody should take care of that pronto. Yeah, and uh, it should be said, too, that not all of these universities are created equal. Uh, Lincoln University in particular, oh, in particular. Yes, has financial uh, 30% yes. of yeah, its right. it's funding whole, it, comes from this. entire budget. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and that's also, I mean, that's one of the two historically black colleges in right. Pennsylvania. If we stop funding Lincoln University, that's not a good thing, not obviously. Good thing. And uh, so, I mean, Penn State has, it's not hurting for money. It has a big endowment. They're going to be fine. You know, a lot of these universities will be okay. Lincoln would have real trouble if we did not pass these non-preferred appropriations. So that's something to consider. And, I mean, even if these colleges are financially fine, I mean, it just makes it harder for students from lower-income families to attend an elite university if these tuitions aren't getting subsidized by this funding. So, I mean, it's not... It's not small potatoes, and I think it's been treated sort of like it is. It's it, I know, but it's, re- it's really a, a, an education equity issue yeah. um, that ought to be addressed. And yet any time, at least that, that I write about it, I get uh, emails or calls from people who say, look, the whole college thing is a scam, professors are overpaid, budgets are overpaid, tuitions are way too high, not everybody should go to college, we should be focused on technical training, we should be focused on the trades. Um, you and the liberal media are all in with this whole intellectual thing. We don't need it. Uh, we should move on. Oh, you got my email. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the 
education conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. So that's where we're going with this. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I mean, listen, we're going to keep covering this thing, obviously. Oh, next week's going to be interesting. Oh, next yeah. week's going to be... They could come in and just say, okay, fine. Yeah. We'll fix. We'll, we'll, we'll get things done, and then we'll just fix it as we go. <laughs> Maybe I should be more positive. All right. Uh, anything else? You haven't been around here long enough. I know. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. I mean, so anything else you guys are looking at, I mean, you know, any you know, problems you see on the horizon as it relates to the budget or anything else? Well, I think there's some question as to what the governor is going to continue to do. Right. Uh, he has his own plan for borrowing money. Yep. Uh, that you know, I, I have I haven't really been able to gauge how the uh, how the Republicans in the legislature feel. The Senate's been sort of saying, "Well, we've taken a look at it. And we're not really sure if it's legal." Uh, but yep. no one's no one's jumped in with both feet to say, "Yeah, we're going to challenge it in the courts," and this isn't happening. So. Yeah, it really is going to be a moment of truth for the governor as he heads into a re-election year because. When he started this, uh, uh, what I wrote as the the little red hen position, um, I'll do it myself. When he started this, he actually said, I could do this indefinitely. Now, obviously, he didn't mean forever, but it certainly gave the impression that there are other funds, other borrowing, other transfers that he has in mind, other monetizations, whatever, that he could go on with this. So the question becomes... He can't not like this budget. He has to hate many aspects of it. Is he willing to veto it and continue to do to play the little red hen? Um, we have him booked at the Pennsylvania Press Club on 30th. Monday the 30th. Yeah. Happy Halloween. Uh, happy Halloween. So it'll be interesting to see where we are when we get there. And what he says to, I expect, will be questions along those lines. Yeah, and I actually, it should be said, too, uh, you know, part of this question that's come up has involved the Treasury. Uh, they have said they will not, you know, loan money to cover short-term expenses, which has been done in years past. They said they won't do that until the budget is balanced. Wolf seemed very confident that his plan was enough to, you know, earn that money from the Treasury. They still haven't said whether they're going to they give a small loan, but they haven't, you know, committed to a one larger one. One would think one. they'll be saying something next week. Yeah. One would think, yeah. because that's when school payments are due, I think, on the 27th. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that's sort of a moment of truth for this Treasury, especially if the legislature doesn't pass a budget by then. And don't know if they will. We don't know if Governor Wolf will support what they've put together. Um, we sort of have a menu of bad options before us right now, and I don't think it's, like, partisan of me to say that. Nope. <laughs> it's usually the thing around here. You take the least bad option. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, that's just kind of, a you know, the problems that we still have to deal with that have not been dealt with yet. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, you guys looking at anything fun next week? Any interesting stories on the horizon other than the budget? Yeah. No. Wondering when Terzai will bring back the House. Right. I'll be dependent on All what right. the Senate they actually, does. The House canceled their session for next week. That's an important note to say. So. Well, they call the chair. Call the chair. Twelve hours. I'm, oh. I'm, 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 I started thinking, how far hours. away can you get? <laughs> Still get back here for twelve hours. <laughs> Probably a lot of them were thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, guys, I think that just about does it. Thank you for coming down. Sure. Thank you for having us.